More from the Media First blog. How can you tell that a spokesperson has given a great media interview? Well, if the journalist replies to one of their answers with, gosh, that could be a clue they've done a great job. And that's exactly what happened at the end of an interview that grabbed our attention this week. Piala Mayring is a trustee of the National Flood Forum, and she appeared on the BBC's Politics South programme as part of a feature on the impact of floods. And the interview was packed with brilliant storytelling. Discussing the impact flooding has on people, Piala, who is also a PhD researcher at the University of Reading, she shared a personal story before going on to talk about how other people are impacted. She said, We had a small conservatory, and it got to the point where I used to have to shut the curtains, shut the door to the lounge, and try and go as far away to the other side of the house, because the sound of rain on the roof would set me off into angst fear. A lot of people who live at risk of flooding will tell you they go out to check assets. Is the drain near their house gurgling? Is the ditch at the other end blocked? What's the river doing? You end up with all these what can be seen to an outsider as maladaptive behaviours. To an outsider it seems bizarre, but it's not. It's because you have no control of the situation. And some of these things are only things you can do in gaining back control. And there was more storytelling from her later on in the interview. She said, when you talk to people, especially having been through 10 years of it myself, it's so difficult not to get emotional. You hear the same stories and depths of emotion over and over again. People not going on holidays because they're terrified that if they leave their home alone, it will flood in their absence. Or they go on holiday and are constantly phoning home. I hear stories of people going to work, looking at the weather forecast, and then immediately coming back from work and going home because they're frightened that they can't leave their home alone. So what makes this sort of storytelling great? Well, we all tell stories to our family and friends, and they're crucial in media interviews. As we stress during our media training courses, people love hearing about other people. Stories engage journalists and the audience. They build connections and make what's being said impactful and memorable. And what I love about the stories used in this interview is the human factor and their simplicity. You can picture these people refusing to go on holiday because of the flood risk or calling home every day from holiday to check their house has not been flooded. And we can put ourselves in their shoes and sense how they feel and the impact of living like that. And we can picture Piala hiding from the rain at home after living with floods for a decade. Had she spoken more generally about the impact of flooding, it wouldn't have had the same impact. The stories bring the impacts of floods to life. They speak to our hearts. We can sense the emotion and turmoil that flood victims must feel. And one of the great benefits of storytelling that we stress during our media training courses is that it helps people really control media interviews. If you're producing great content that the journalists can see will compel their audience, they're less likely to feel the need to ask tough questions and try and find a story. As soon as you bring a story to them, journalists tend to go quiet and just listen. And watching Piala's interview, I also liked her use of descriptive and media-friendly language. Flooding is emotional, she says. It's something you could see being used as a headline or a pull quote in a printed story about the interview. And when she said, once the blue flashing lights have gone and the politicians in their new Wellington boots have departed the scene, it's a really relatable way of introducing the impact of flooding that we don't often see in the news. Was it anything she could have done differently? Well, our only criticism, and it is a very small one, is that the background was distracting. This was a remote interview, presumably carried out on Teams or Zoom, and occasionally 
you find yourself getting distracted by the fungi guide on the wall behind her. It's worth saying that although most of normal life has returned following the pandemic lockdowns, remote interviews continue to play a significant part in the media landscape. They allow journalists to get people quickly on air and speak to those who may not be able to make it into the studio. And during our media training courses, we really recommend a clear, uncluttered background for remote interviews and to be wary of any artwork and books that are going to be on show. You may not have a subject as emotive as the impact of flooding, but you can still learn from interviews like this and introduce more storytelling to your media interviews. So here's some tips. First about people. Stories should have people at their heart. They tap into our natural curiosity about the lives of others and they stimulate emotions. Stories about policies or protocols and strategies, they just don't have the same impact. Next is about keeping it simple. Spokespeople should work with their comms teams to ensure stories are told in a media-friendly way to maximise their impact. The key is to ensure you tell stories with powerful, simple language that stirs up the emotions in the audience and they should be simple to follow. You don't need complicated plot twists. Next is about keeping it personal. Often the best stories and the ones that persuade people to either give money or take action or to support an idea or buy a product are those that are personal to the spokesperson. It may sound a little daunting for media spokespeople, but during our media training courses, we notice those who use their own personal examples and anecdotes and they bring them into an interview are the ones who we see growing confidence the most. Next is about being prepared. As ever with media interviews, success often comes down to preparation. Planning the stories you're going to use in a media interview should be an integral part of your media interview preparation. And practice using them. Do they support the message in the way you think? Are they confusing? Could they become a distraction? The next piece of advice is don't wait to be asked. Sometimes spokespeople have great stories to tell that illustrate their message, but they wait to be asked to provide an example before using them. Well, don't miss the opportunity. Dive straight in with your stories and anecdotes. There is little journalists and their audience like more than a good story. Read and hear more from our blog at mediafirst.co.uk. Media First, specialists in communication training.